Good evening and welcome to this, the first episode of 2023 in the South African Equestrian Federation podcast from the horse's mouth. I am your host, Georgie Roberts, and tonight we're covering a topic that is very near and dear to the heart of my co-host, Dr. Hildegard Setskorn from Chartwell Equine Clinic. I actually know Hildegard from her days lecturing at Pretoria Technicon, was what it was then, now Swan University of Technology, where I was a student and she was a lecturer. And we're going to be discussing Equine Dentistry 101. So Hildegard, just a little bit about you. Obviously, I know you from your lecturing days and I know you've been a very, very qualified vet for a long time. Yeah. What's, what is your history and then okay. how did you get into dentistry? Um, Actually, I did a, a master's degree in equine surgery, so I'm a specialist surgeon. Yeah. Um, and um, while, before I came back to do my master's degree at Onestapoort, I worked at a practice in Norfolk. And um, Graham Duncanson, he was one of the senior vets, was very interested in, mm. in dentistry. And when I studied, we were basically rattling the rasp in a horse's mouth. <laughs> Vets really looked down on dentistry, weren't interested in dentistry, and um, we weren't really taught much um, at all. And then um, Graham started showing me not to just rattle the rasp in the horse's mm. mouth and what it's all about and introduced me to power tools as well okay. and extractions and all of that. So I was very interested. And then, of course, when I did my master's, we covered a lot more on, on dentistry and especially the surgical aspects oh, that's um, interesting. of the head. Okay. So, yeah, and that's where well, I started. And, you know, Graham always said to me, um, uh, dentistry gets you into the yards. And that is so true because very often you're actually doing horses' teeth, but mm. then, oh, while you're here, can you look at this or can you look at that's that? Or you also find find other things um i think it would be the other way around that your vet's there and you go please can you do the teeth or sedate it or you know no it's 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 yeah so um and and am i going to be cheeky by asking you like kind of what year this was that you long time ago um yeah no this was yeah this was probably in the 90s okay um so it's come on a lot come along yeah and i mean really if you look at the industry Mm. now it's become such a specialized field Mm. Um, so I'm very grateful for that because I think it was neglected but, for so long. And that probably was the spearhead of the movement, you know, of, of yeah. paying attention to it. Yeah. So briefly, what, for the average person tuning in now, what is equine dentistry? What does it involve? I suppose it's, it's oral examination. I think that is very important. And, and then um, what we all associate, what, what dentists do is in, in equines is to rasp the teeth. You must remember a horse's um, hypsodont, and it's actually very clear here on oh, this um, skull where this is all reserve crown. That's so the, that piece the, of skull has yes, been cut the, away. The, the roots yeah. are very small, um, and this is reserve crown. So the horse continues through its lifetime to erupt um, these teeth. By the way, elephants are also hypsodont. Um, and they form, because you can clear, clearly see it on the skull, the um, maxillary cheek teeth are wider, about 30% wider than the mandibular teeth. They're sitting on the yeah. inside. And then a horse doesn't chew like this. It actually has a rotational okay. uh, movement. And you get sharp enamel points forming here. And that's basically what people started doing is just rasping. Mm. And then we've... So just wearing away those things. sharp points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and but dentistry also involves 
soft tissue issues, periodontal okay. disease. It's become a big thing okay. now, yeah. And um, and then your other pathologies like fractures, mm. infundibular caries, malocclusions. I'll okay. cover that get, a little bit. But there's a dentistry is huge. It's no. a very big field. Yeah. So what are some of the symptoms? Obviously, not very many owners are opening up their horses' mouths, unfortunately, and having a look into it. And we can discuss later on what they should and can do. What are some of the common indicators from a behavior perspective, perhaps, or from a physical perspective that your horse might need the dentist? You know, that is the problem. A horse is extremely stoic. I love that you say that. Because, to its teeth. Yeah. I think they're um, stoic in general, to be honest. They are. And you, you must know? also remember, a horse is a prey animal. Mm. So it's going to pretend that it's fine mm. until it really can't mm. do anything anymore. Mm. So um, basically, you know, we always think quitting. I don't know if people know what quitting is, but that's where horses drop half-chewed bits of grass. It's usually roughage that they battle to mm. eat. But that is actually not a very common mm. sign. I mean, that's really when there is some serious, serious problems when you see that. Mm. So... There's very little that you often see. And the same mm. thing, weight loss. Mm. Horses with severely broken teeth will still be fat. I think also now we've got all these so, concentrates and supplements so people can op- you can compensate for... Exactly, that, yeah. exactly. So that is really... I mean, people will sometimes complain that the horse is hanging on the one side of the bits mm. or something, but mm. there can be lots of other reasons mm. why that could be true. Mm. But um, I would say common things would be salivation, um, dropping food, maybe weight loss, swellings on the face. Okay. That can also be, especially we'll go through when you, uh, you know, some mm. conditions will start mm. with young horses and um, graduate to older okay. horses. But generally, there's very little. You can have major pathology mm. in a horse's mouth with zero mm. clinical with no, symptoms. That's really I mean, not even right. ridden symptoms. Mm. So um, it, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a difficult field, and I think sometimes it's also neglected, and I Absolutely. think maybe a little bit overdone as well in okay. some cases because horses don't show symptoms. Yeah, so it's easy to kind of mm. be strayed by that a little mm. bit. So you were explaining that, that the, the, the molars grow out like that. Mm. The front teeth, I mean, you can use teeth to quite effectively age a horse. Yeah, up so, to the age of eight. Oh, really? And They've done a that. big study, yes. It's not very accurate. Because I remember we were all obsessed with Galvain's groove, and that yeah, was meant yeah. to be your big indicator, <laughs> and not so much. And he said he could 100% age horses, <laughs> and he was proven very wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. You must remember with incisors, as with oh. anything, there's lots mm. of factors that um, influence eruption of okay. those teeth. Um, like what? Genetics, okay. but also what the horses eat. Okay. If you go and look at, for example, in Lesotho, mm. where there's really short grass and those horses have to pull, their incisors are worn quite That's a lot. That's really interesting. Yeah, okay. so it really depends on what they eat and how they okay. manage. And is there a difference well. in breeds as well? Yes, that's a whole other topic. Am I I opening Um, up a (laughs) can of worms there? Well, but basically, I would also the big differences between um, your horses and then ponies, and especially the miniatures. The problem with miniatures, they have exactly the same size teeth. Somehow, the teeth never shrunk. No, that's bizarre. So you have really bad malocclusion problems and things with miniatures. I had no idea about that. No, the teeth are massive. Compared to <laughs> the little skull. The tooth fairy so would do very well out of a miniature. Completely, that's, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, really interesting. Is, yeah. 
So you've said so, so owners mustn't always use a physical indicator that their horse needs the dentist. What is the rule of thumb for getting your horse's teeth checked? How often should people? Okay. Let's start firstly with age groups. Okay. I think it's very important to look at foals, teeth, oh, because of malocclusions, those severe parrot mouths okay. and things that you will pick up as a foal. And, I mean, they're so good now, they can really do proper really? They can orthodontics and, okay. and correct that. Okay. Yeah, so that's important. It so makes sense that the most expensive animal on earth could also have braces now, Hildegard. Exactly. That, that impresses me greatly. <laughs> they, never, they never cease to amaze me in their no. ability to cost money. Okay. Yeah. Um, so fall, and then I would check horses again between the age of one and two, just to check. Okay. But your main dentistry basically starts at age two to three. Okay. Um, at that stage, your wolf teeth will erupt. It's the, your first um, premolar, or um, and I've actually got some examples of them here. They're tiny little teeth. People confuse wolf teeth sometimes with canines. Yes. Remember, only geldings have canines. Mares can have small little rudimentary canines. But, um, and then your wolf teeth will actually be, this one doesn't have wolf teeth, about a third of the population will have wolf teeth, and they sit here. And wolf teeth are around. the things that get a really bad rap for yeah, interfering with the bits. Yeah, but again, it depends on the, um, mm. the position of the horse's head. Okay. And not all wolf teeth cause problem. So you don't but have to take wolf you teeth You don't out. have to. Okay. But what we do is, if you find it in a young horse, because that um, alveolus, the, the, the tooth socket, is not so tight, it's much easier to remove the wolf teeth in a young horse than in an older horse. Okay. And um, because if you break off this little root, you can actually see it's got a tiny little tooth, but it's got a very long root. Long root. And it will continue to erupt. So if you break off the root, it's going to... Cause problems for a long time. Again, okay. exactly. So um, that's a good age to do that. And to also look at um, deciduous teeth. You must remember horses have um, uh, uh, deciduous premolars. These are the baby teeth. Baby teeth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for, for the bed. <laughs> okay. But, um, the baby teeth. And these are the permanent teeth, the, the molars. Okay. And sometimes in the young horses, you have what we call caps. They retained um, uh, premolars, the deciduous premolars, yes, and they can that. cause problems, so we remove those. Okay. Um, so that would be part of your three-year-old check on your horse? your young, your two- to three-year-old check. I think it's Great. important before you want to back a horse. Definitely, it to makes total sense. look mouth, and also the other thing is with younger horses, they have really, really sharp enamel points actually have ridges on because the teeth. on the caps? Um, no, 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 on, on, the, on, okay. on the molars. All right. Okay, not necessarily on the caps, on the molars. They're very, usually very sharp. And then the problem is the moment you start putting tack on, and especially tight nose bands, which should be a big no-no. I see there's lots of research recently, and lots the is FBI coming out. is also Absolutely. paying attention to that um, with tight nose bands. Yeah. It's horrible. It's cruel to actually tighten a horse's mouth closed. Um, it's great to hear speaking to veterinary experts that this is it's coming from a science based thing. I mm. think for a long time it was coming from Tradition. the soft sciences. People oh, were saying oh, oh, yeah. we're, we're advocating not for doing it. Yes, yes. And yes. absolutely tradition, well we've yes, always done it this yes. way and crank nose bands are horrific. Anyway, but that's a whole long other story. Um all right, so that's your two to three and then generally horses that have normal dental occlusion it's really only necessary to do their teeth anything between eight months to a year. We, 
we sort of try 10 months. I have found if you leave them a year, it can sometimes just be, be a, bit a too little long. bit too long. The moment you have problems um, where horses have had teeth removed or you have malocclusions, which I'll explain a little bit just now, um, those horses are better checked every six months. Sometimes even shorter, but really? six months. Sure. You must remember, every time you rasp a horse's teeth, you actually age it. There's only, there's only much, so much tooth There's left. only this much tooth. So if oh. you take this off, then eventually there's, there's nothing. There's nothing left. Exactly. So I think we so must act, We actually be need to be quite conservative, conservative with this. Exactly. And I get really upset when I see horses where they've been rasped and the teeth are as smooth as this table. Because also these ridges are quite important um, to stop Fortune. horses from um, accumulating food in their cheeks. The moment you take this off completely, they yes. sit with like these hamster the, cheeks. Exactly, it's really interesting in their, in their cheeks. Yes, and that then causes um, it's fermentation yeah, and can then cause gingivitis and and issues. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this is a good opportunity to go into the segue of and of course with any tool, it's more about the hands that use it than anything. But I see we've got a rasp there. But I know that the a lot of people feel very strongly about power tools versus traditional tools yeah um so what it was the problem is but power tools and traditional tools can be equally exactly. damaging because it depends on the sharpness and as you say the hand that it's handles the tool okay um i think mostly power tools are used now but it's best to have horses sedated for that um, actually, maybe I'll explain what we do with an oral examination. So let's, How let's, do we stop? Let's do that. That's okay. a great. So good thing is to have a chat to the owner. Um, firstly, I would like to know how old the horse is and what do they do with the horse, what discipline they do with the horse, because that's the other thing I was going to say with the wolf teeth. It depends on the position of the horse's head. You mentioned. For example, in polo, um, where they use gags and the horses run with their heads up, they do crush the cheeks on those first cheek teeth. And at one stage, it was very fashionable to do bit seats. But we have that. now moved away Will from you explain bit what seats? a bit seat is quickly? Oh, okay, let me show you on this. Oops. Don't, oops, don't use oops, the oops, no, 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 no. So a bit seat is where we round these um, first premolars, the bottom ones and the top ones. But the problem is you can open the pulp cavity. Uh, I don't know if you'll oh. really be able to see that. And then you can actually have a diseased tooth from that. Okay. So now they've become very conservative with Sounds bit seats. You yeah. can round it a little bit. We always do. With most riding horses, yeah. I like to round and especially make these a little bit um, smoother because that is the widest part of the mouth and that's often where, where the nose band, the nose band okay. is. So we like to have these a little bit smoother. But it is important to keep your rougher edges not sharp points but it must be rough i suppose that's how they have to smooth. chew as, as well have to chew. exactly that is exactly. the purpose of the tooth anyway okay so history of horse and what they're doing and then i would like to then you basically look at the horse's head and um palpate and we always palpate the tm joints so uh, would you yeah, mind explaining what the tm is Goes a <laughs> <laughs> this is the TM joint. Okay, it's also an incongruent joint and it has a meniscus just like your um, stifle or knee joint has. Okay, 
Um, and then we'd like to check lateral excursion. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in my skull. But we move the mandible relative to the maxilla. And you should be able to see at least one and a half bottom incisor on either side. And we check if that's symmetrical. So when you and very check often the, it's, it's not, not. really. Mm. Horses are funny. They they tend to like to chew on one side. You very often see that they really it's interesting. more worn on the one side, and especially when there's pathology. Of course, when there's pathology, see, that's, yeah. then they start chewing more. So on, the, when you look at the TMJ, side. is that to see how how much they open the mouth? Well, that's then, usually when we feel. open up okay. with a gag. But no, so it's lateral excursion. Uh, all so of we it. check okay. that, but we palpate them as okay. well. Um, it's actually TMJ. Um, pathology is very, very rare. Oh, there was now a... It was very popular at one point. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about something else that was very popular. It's actually quite scary. was hyoid <laughs> bone, which is the tongue bone. I don't... Yeah, this one doesn't have that in anymore. But where people started pulling horses' tongues and actually supplicated the hyoid bone because they were oh. pulling so hard on the tongue. You must remember the horse's tongue to pull is the, the most to... sensitive organ... In, in its body. The tongue is very sensitive. We tend to forget about People, that. Yeah, get on all these funny tangents. Anyway, so that's what we do. So, And then I always run my hands on the side of the horse's cheeks. And very often, if it's very rough, you can actually feel. Or, and you also monitor the horse's response. So if, if they've got ulcers from sharp on points, the inside of the they cheek. will, yeah, on the inside of the cheek, they will often resent you palpating that. Then we have a quick squiz, lift up the lips, look at the incisors, check the canines and the geldings. Very often they get um, quite bad um, tartar mm. accumulating on that, and we just clean those. But then I will sedate the horse, okay? okay? Because if you want to do a proper oral examination, you need to have a fairly still head and a still tongue. Um, if you try and look at a horse's mm. mouth, you'll see how that tongue goes, and they push their tongues up and you can't really see much of the oral cavity. So it's one of the reasons why we sedate is to actually do a proper dental um, examination and we use either a little mirror or um, now they've got very fancy oroscopes, which is oh, really wow. the best. Okay. Um, it's very expensive and you do not want horse to damage to your oroscope. You don't want them to so a horse must be very well sedated. Okay. You know, I always say to people, people, a lot of people complain about the sedation, but you can do so much better job. Um, and it's Absolutely. not traumatic for the horse. You can imagine if you've got this rasp in the horse's mouth, I can't now imagine suddenly it's nice. it jerks its head. You can really, and I've seen really bad lacerations on the tongue, the palate. I've even, I know of fractured palates with rasps. It's so it's just not, and it's an unpleasant experience for the horse. The one thing I just want to reiterate, remember we use highly scheduled drugs for sedation, so it's only administered by a veterinarian. Yes. Um, the dental technicians are not allowed to sedate horses, and very often they will get a vet to um, sedate the it horse. It makes sense to pre-book everything. So if Absolutely. you know your dentist is coming it out every 10 months, call the vet. So much easier, so much more pleasant. And then, obviously, because these heads are very heavy, horse's head weighs about 50, 60 kilograms. So um, we use a headstand. I was going to say, and the sleepy horse's head, I'm sure, weighs a bit more. It, it, it's horrible. <laughs> I'd rather rasp than hold a horse's head. It, if you put it on your shoulder, it eats into your collarbone like you cannot oh. believe. 
So, um, so then so we if have you want to do a good job, have the right tools, do the Absolutely. right process. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? You're not doing this like shoeing every five weeks. Mm. So budget for it and yeah. have it done properly. I have friends who make the most of it and then they say, that's it. They're trimming the ears. Oh, trimming yes. the <laughs> Very often people also ask us to, to then clean sheaths for the yes. geldings <laughs> no. and things like that mm. as well because it's the mm. ideal time to do that. Take also sedated. And off you go. Great. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so let's get back to the tea. <laughs> so we obviously also use a headlight, um, and it's important to have a very strong. I like a focused beam um, rather than a, a wide beam where you have sh um, shadows. And then um, this is a gag. It's uh, quite a dangerous piece of equipment. That's the other reason why I think it's important to sedate a horse. Once had an owner who was holding a horse for me, and the horse, she did not want to have horse sedated. We were just going to check the teeth, and the, serrated, the horse pulled its head. The serrated edges cut her I head know. open, and she was rushed off to hospital to have her head stitched. Okay. Okay, so actually, I know in the UK, the dental technicians wear... Crash caps. Oh, really? Because it's so dangerous. You don't I want see it this more thing. and more overseas. We're a little bit casual on your in head. South Africa about wearing wearing hard hats all the time, but it's exactly. definitely becoming just more prevalent yeah, and a yeah, better idea. I know, absolutely. So then, um, okay. So then we will open the mouth, and with my, of course, first rinse out the mouth very well. So we use a dental syringe mm. to do that, and um, and then you use your speculum or your oroscope. And we go through each tooth. And I normally have an assistant with a dental sheet. And I tell that's her... That's great. So you that, mark that. off each So tooth. we have records. I think that's the other thing that's really important. Because then it's so nice when... So we write down how much sedation we gave the horse. Because that's also very variable. Mm. Um, so it gives you an idea if you've battled with one horse and you've had to top up. You know, then next time you know you're just going to give it more from okay. the beginning. Um, yeah, and then those records are really good history, and um, we can also we'll also write down when you'd like to see the horse again. So whether it'll be in eight months or six. It's also months useful, or, I think. I think we're moving more yeah. and more towards a legislated buying and selling process. Absolutely. And I think that also makes it easier Absolutely. for people to so know what they're getting. And and hope dental records should just become something like your farriery yeah. and your vet records. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So then other, other specialised procedures. Oh, one of the other things I actually forgot about um, is nasal discharge. A unilateral yeah, okay. nasal discharge can be a primary sinusitis. So just but on one side? Most, yeah, so one, one nostril that has, and especially if it, not, I'm not talking about a, a, a watery nasal discharge. Like a pus. pussy okay. nasal discharge, and especially if it smells. Okay. Look, there's where nothing these quite horses, tooth, um, well, the reserve crowns are they sitting in the sinuses? Okay, so the moment you have a tooth root, root abscess or a fractured tooth, and there's or nothing quite like that smell, is it's there? A, uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> it's anyone, anyone who's listening who's smelt the rotten tooth, tooth smell, you, you know, will know. Yeah. exactly. Um, but then you can get a sinusitis, and that will present as a um, nasal, nasal discharge. discharge. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. 
Um, not nice. Obviously, so when you're having a look at the sideways motion, and are you also looking at the palate and the tongue? And yes, the, well, okay. during your examination, you, okay. you will and do that. And that will show you if there's exactly. been, been yeah, sharp yeah, pieces. Yeah. 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 Okay, so do you want to move on to the pathologies and a couple of things that's yep. like what the most common things are that people can yes. can see? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I think one of the most common things, and it's that's very much breed related, are your what we call malocclusions. Okay, and the most common one is the parrot mouth. Most horses are actually slightly, slightly parrot mouth. <coughs> so, in, in other words, that means bit of an overbite. Yeah, an overbite exactly. But I'll, now, I'll step in with the, the common terminology, Hildegard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens then is if your um, maxilla or the, is, is too long relative to your uh, mandible, you have an overgrowth, in other words, a hook that forms on your first premolar and a big ramp that it's forms on your last okay. um, molar, uh, mandibular molar. And that actually then prevents normal movement, um, movement of the jaw, and um, and it actually just exacerbates itself. It gets worse and worse exactly, and worse. Exactly, exactly. So now, what we then need to do is obviously take that off. But again, now that's where the danger comes in. They reckon one shouldn't take out more than four millimeters, four millimeters of tooth at a time. Because wow. of the risk of entering the pulp cavity. Just explain to me, I'm assuming seeing as we are rasping things off, horses don't have a nerve in their teeth. In their no, no, they do. The way. They do. They do, they do. So they do. that's exactly. why if you're going to hit yes. that pulp, it's going yes. to be sensitive. Yes, yes. The nerve comes out that here in these roots. Horrendous. This was actually a horse with a, 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 a tooth root abscess. And look, that tooth looks perfectly normal. But it did it actually, rotten. yeah. It, well, these, this we found on radiographs, obviously, yeah. And it had a sinusitis. So, so by by rasping a bit off, you mm. give the but the pulp enough time to recede. Yes, no, and it, and it covers with secondary okay. um, dentine. Oh, that's yes. interesting. So it actually okay. seals itself. So we do, and the other danger of um, your power tools is the heat that it generates. generates oh wow. Tremendous heat. Do you need so to use what a lot we of also water? do is yeah, I okay. rasp a little bit. So I'll do a little bit on this tooth, then a bit on a another tooth, other side, and in between you get somebody to just um, flush. There's some fancy rasps now that actually have a I'm sure. flushing device. Like, while like a human rasping. dentist, of course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so four millimeters is really minimal. That's very little. So you can't and actually get someone. When we see these horses, they are so bad, yeah. but it's really as dangerous to go and take off a whole lot so, of So if, if you, for example, someone's gotten a, a horse from wherever, maybe a rescue situation, and they've got these shocking teeth, you can't just go in and fix it. No, you're going to cause damage to the teeth. Okay. And then you have the risk of losing that tooth. Sure. So yeah, so that is really quite important. So you would have to do a treatment, but and the then the beauty of this type of malocclusion is, and I've seen it so often, is if you then remember, a horse is not a giraffe. A horse is not supposed to eat with its head up in the air. Tell us how you feel about Tiffany's Hildegard while you. <laughs> Was well, a little bit of mixed feelings, but um, generally, as I said, no, a horse is not meant to. And tefnets are really dangerous, especially when they're not tied properly. And, they and if they are tied properly, and you've got other problems. And we've seen horses with their legs yeah. in tefnets. But there is a place for a tefnet. Mm. But actually, I think they're now moving to other types of slow feeders. Mm. Because yes. slow feeding is... It's a great a big, idea. Yeah, totally. absolutely. I agree with that. 
But so, the, um, so slow feeding again, just for the average person, is not chucking in a whole bunch a whole of beautiful, bunch of rich putting cut a teflon. big round bow mm. in the paddock. Mm. So horses are meant to nibble and graze and exactly, go slowly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But now, if you correct that malocclusion and you then feed the horse from the ground, I might have to go and take off a little bit for the next sort of year or two, and thereafter. So you can they actually are correct fine. it. So that's fine. where you say you've got you. You really should step in at two to three. Exactly. And yeah, and also what the other thing is, where and I've just recently read an article where um, they reckon that this also has a big um, thing with horses flexing and working on the bit. Mm -hmm. If they have these malocclusions, really uncomfortable for them. So the moment they then you correct that, you can imagine it becomes easier for them. Exactly. Then they can just flex. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that sounds, so, that's incredible. So, yeah, so that's, that's one of the things. And then often, we, if it's a really bad parrot mouth, we also have to um, correct the malocclusion of the front teeth. Horses hate rasping their It sounds horrendous. You have to sedate of... them quite heavily. They're very sensitive. The okay. incisors are quite uh, okay. sensitive. And then the other thing now where is you must remember as soon as a horse has lost a tooth like this one has there is nothing on the other side or uh, 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 preventing this tooth from overgrowing now because there's nothing wearing it exactly. down exactly so this is where we rasp the horse's teeth every six months okay um you have to keep that um, so otherwise it's going to block the it, entire exactly but also it's amazing how horses compensate in younger horses if you remove a tooth these teeth will eventually move closer. Really? That's and then it makes this gap smaller. And then eventually that tooth doesn't really need um, extra attention. Need so much um, rasping. The the rate of 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 growth. Um, growth also sort of slows down, you know, okay. obviously as they age. So then it's not such a, a big problem okay. with older horses. But in your young horses, it's amazing how much that tooth. I've actually opened up horses' mouths where you can't even get the rasp in. No. That's how much... And you think, how can this horse eat? They really are no, just they most, are amazing. You know, Absolutely and, amazing. And I, I, think, I think this narrative that a lot of people have with my horse is naughty or it's bad or it's is changing where people are going, they're communicating with us in the only way they possibly can, which is behavior. And, exactly. you know, and yeah. by the time it, like to your point, by the time it gets there, it's actually quite, quite serious. Mm. So you've so you say you can get hooks and then the sharp edges obviously yeah, those are those the most are common our common our common okay. things okay and then our next thing in the old in our older horses is infundibular caries now that's actually a very interesting thing okay um, let me start at the beginning just to go back to the anatomy remember horses have I said to you they've got deciduous teeth on these but these teeth are the permanent teeth these are the one and only ones they have. This first premolar is the oldest tooth in the horse's mouth, and it erupts and forms at about age one. And then it's, it's a common tooth where we start seeing this caries in the infundibulum, these okay. teeth actually. Yeah, there's a nice one. This is exactly what it looks like. You start okay. seeing this black. There's enamel around, and then it's filled up with cementum inside, and then... Now, there's an interesting theory about why this happens. We used to think horses' 
teeth break because they bite on a stone or something, but yeah. they don't actually. This is probably the start of the, the tooth problem, but they've actually taken it back to young horses between age one and two. This is still a theory. It hasn't been 100% proven, but they've been extrapolating from human dentistry where these horses could be exposed to viral infections, That's really any infections, whatever. Wow. And that, actually, because in the, the primordial tooth is still... Yes. They don't have these molars. They still, yeah, in, the, in their sockets, their primordial teeth. And they get affected, just like antibiotics yes, affect children's teeth. But now, because the horse has this very long tooth, there's like a pocket of bad tooth. That's forms. amazing. And then when they get older, this pocket is then So it can be almost how trauma exposed. grows out in the hooves sometimes. Exactly. That's exactly, amazing. Exactly. And they've been the reason why they they strongly suspect this is there's been foals that have been known to have had infections and things, and then later as they age, they suddenly have really bad teeth. They have Good teeth up to a point when you start getting these. And you've forgotten about what happens to them as a young horse. Teeth, exactly. That's really interesting. So, so this infundibular caries is now also one of the hot topics. And because often these teeth then fracture okay. and then you end up having to remove the tooth. Okay. That's another whole story about when to extract and when not to extract. We can maybe touch on that a little bit. We always have these discussions with mm. insurance companies. <laughs> sure? Anyway, <laughs> yes, because mm. it's an expensive... To pull or not to an, pull. Yeah, exactly. It's an expensive procedure. And I, I still think if you can save a tooth, so much better because there are potentially a lot of complications with From extracting. extracting a tooth. And then afterwards, mm. as I've explained now, you know, it's just like it's not a normal mouth again. Mm. Um, but anyway, so what they started doing now is they've been filling it no. With a resin, yeah. We're doing horse fillings. Exactly. They even, they even do pulp cavities now. That's amazing. Yes. Do they do endodontics even. Okay. But this is quite common and they followed these. They've and they're using resin as opposed a resin, to... resin, yes, they looked at different... Like a porcelain or... At diff- no, porcelain's too hard. Oh. You must remember this must wear. Oh, of course. So they've of been course. playing around and there was recently an article published by Chris Pierce. He's one of the big... Okay. Dent, uh, dental specialists in the UK. I'll find the and article and we can maybe link it into the podcast. these horses over 11 years and all those teeth were still intact with their fillings and, and, and. <laughs> yes. That's so amazing. So that is That's really brilliant. something um, I would encourage people if your veterinarian or the dental technician does pick up um, uh, infundibular caries. To, to discuss it with a client and 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 then um, consider the possibility of filling and try and save it for as long as possible. Save at least. that tooth. Okay. Save that tooth. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, that is. So that's common. A common thing we see in the older horses. And, and when you say older, what age? About twelve-ish. Okay. Yeah. So something to be yeah. aware of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's most commonly in that first. Premolar. That's yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And how would they ever prove that that is, the, I mean, like, that's the origin of it? What was the that's other alternatives that they thought that they had just bitten the stone and damaged the tooth? We, yeah, we, we just, like, we always thought, well, we realized that it's most common on the oldest tooth. But then we just thought maybe it's genetic or, mm. you know, it's 
Yeah. Really and interesting. Really and then they started thinking, but you know what, antibiotics, um, we know that causes tooth yes. problems in, in children and, um, and infections, viral infections. And it just think that's so fascinating. It makes sense, yeah. Okay, so do you want to speak a little bit about fractured teeth. reason, yeah, and reasons to take out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's another <laughs> yeah, interesting topic. Look, a tooth has to be removed if it's got an apical um, abscess that's affecting the sinus. Is there any? You can give that horse antibiotics okay. until you are blue in the face, mm. and it'll clear up its nasal discharge beautifully. To be to, just to come back in two three months time again okay. and again and eventually, if that you have a chronic sinusitis and we've lost horses wow, with bad really? sinuses okay. that pass you can have a look yeah I mean look at all these nooks and crannies mm. and things in these sinuses it's just impossible to you get what we call inspissated pus it literally becomes like this thick cheese yeah. and it goes and sticks everywhere and you just can't get all of mm. that out so. That is really, that's one of the things at least where we don't have problems with insurance companies. They agree. Is if, if it's a sinusitis. That's a really interesting. Yeah. We can remove. The, oh, by the way, what we also started doing a lot is, apart from radiographs, because you can't see any of this in no. the mouth, so you need to take radiographs, but dental radiography is quite difficult. I would imagine you must remember to. we have a two-dimensional yes. picture of all these structures in the skull. And so you have skull to try and work very, out. Exactly. So what we do to help is we use open mouth views where we put a block in the front teeth and then that helps to separate and we do oblique views. But you still, it, it's still tricky. Tra- okay. So very An often if we are not sure, we do um, CT scans. That's okay. the gold standard for sinuses and dental pathology I'm sure, and to get everything. that, that, that yeah, really concise yeah, imaging. And then okay. you have know exactly what you're dealing with because with the CT you can cut. How do insurance companies feel about the CT scans? Are they depends on the horse's okay. cover that it has. Yeah. Some horses they will pay for it. I think if there's enough justification, we won't do a CT on every no, of horse. Course, of course. But especially if they're multiple teeth and you're not sure. Um, and you need to plan surgery, uh, you don't want to go in there, you've no. got one chance. Okay. So um, then it's important to do a, a CT yeah. scan. Yeah. And now because we can do it standing, it's so much easier and cheaper than having Knocking a horse under, under GA. Yeah, exactly. And much less risk. I mean, horses Absolutely. coming up from GA is a big thing. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so, so, so what are some causes for a broken tooth well, besides the infection? Okay. That's this infectious and, and infection. That's, That's amazing how it's gone the whole way through that tooth there. Yeah, yeah. And I sure. mean, look, if you, so yeah, you can actually see this tooth was diseased. So you would see yeah. that. But I mean, this tooth looks yeah. perfectly normal. And yeah. yet it had a periapical abscess. That's why it was removed. Oh, so you so would have totally is, missed that. Yeah. yeah. Look, just looking And then all. what we do is um, with the fractured teeth, sometimes I will, especially if people are reluctant to have the surgery or their cost mm. issues, I will remove, if it's a, there's a loose piece, I'll remove that to make it more comfortable for the horse. And you'll probe and look with your little mirror how deep it is. And then we monitor the horse. And sometimes they seal quite well. That's interesting. Um, I know at one yard, we've been following horses probably like five years now with their broken teeth. 
and they just like and then what I also do is I do take off quite a bit of the opposing um, okay. mandibular tooth it's funny it's mostly the maxillary molars that fracture we do get mandibular um, tooth problems but that's hard, hard much harder to resolve I'm sure Match. It's and it's very easy to fracture the mandible if you remove yeah, it those extractions. Okay. And the bad thing is, often the only time you start seeing symptoms is when a horse has a draining tract. Mm -hmm. So then it's already eaten. The infection's eaten through the so bone. So the bone's compromised. <sighs> sure. Yeah, so mandibular teeth. Are, that's yeah, amazing to think how stoic a horse must be. That you, you, you know, that like you say, the first sign of it is that. It's now draining right through. If you speak to people, or if you've had toothache, it's, no, it's horrendous. It's, it's horrible. Toothache is one of the worst. And I mean, they have the exactly world. the same anatomy, the same yeah. nerves. Everything. I really loved what you said about, and and I think it gives people such insight into their horses, Hildegard, that you're dealing with a prey animal, so they just pretend everything's okay. They have to. I think that's just amazing. Yeah, that's such yeah. a great way of looking at it. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to thinking your horse is an I've asshole who hates you. I've seen horses with African horse sickness, and they are literally drowning with a fluid in their lungs, and they still try to eat. Mm. And you look at this horse, and you. Like, mm. hello, why are you doing this? <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I empathize with them wildly. Like, I, I also feel like yeah. everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to remind everyone who's listening that if you would like to ask Hildegard any questions, please pop into the comment section and take advantage of having her here on air while she is here. Mm. I'm just checking if there are any questions. Not yet. Okay. okay. Maybe we're answering everything. Broken. You're so <laughs> ahead of it. I knew you were going to be amazing. Okay, so so the, what is the process for extracting a broken tooth once okay, you... Okay, yeah, that's also evolved mm. tremendously. I mean, I think where we started, we were hammering these that's, teeth that's, That was my, the last time the I saw it. sinus. Yeah. They cut now, a hole in the bone, right? And Yeah, yeah exactly. You make a, a, a tree fine through the sinus, and then you'll literally put a, a, a round pin... <laughs> On that tooth, hope you've got the right tooth. Okay, <laughs> now that's happened that's where you actually <laughs> extract or you loosen the you, you loosen the adjacent teeth, and then you end up losing <coughs> two teeth, and then you knock this thing out through the mouth. But now I'm the sorry, other thing is, so many you can imagine can this horse's mouth can't open that much. Now you're going to try and get this long, big tooth out of there. It was oh, a nightmare, absolutely. And then you have a massive big hole, hole straight into the sinus. So, so what do you? So it's it's yeah no so, so now we do mostly oral extractions. So what they do we do is we sedate the horse heavily. We usually have an IV um, infusion with okay. sedation. So you basically have somebody like almost an anaesthetist okay. to to do the sedation. Is the standing though? It's not standing. Energy. Standing okay. in a crash because obviously we sedate heavily. So mm. you crash the horse and on a headstand. And then um, we do nerve blocks. So we do a maxillary block around about here. There's the maxillary nerve that runs here. And you actually, it runs there. So you block that That's nerve. wonderful to see. Yeah, with a long needle. Okay, block that for the maxillary teeth. If you want to do mandibular teeth, there is, oh, there's, I don't know if you guys can see it, but the nerve is running inside oh, there. I can see So we'll go with a great. long needle underneath the jaw sure. and you block that um, nerve. And we use long-acting um, local anesthetic. And the, the only problem is if you block the mandibular teeth, you um, actually also paralyze the tongue. 
And so you have to make sure you stay out of really panic. Oh, no, oh, shame. So again, we can't block both sides because then you've got a completely paralyzed tie. And what do you do? Do you have to tie the, t- tie no, the tongue? No, there's you nothing you can do. And sometimes shame. horses really chew their tongues um, after the thing. You can't stop them oh, from no. doing that. So that's a little bit of a problem. Okay, and then we still use, um, with normal human dental um, syringes, mm. we will infiltrate... In around the tooth socket as well, so you really, local really, okay. really um, deaden that because I remember the if the horse can't feel, it literally just stands, stands. there, mm-hmm. and and you can't work on a horse that's pulling its. And head I think around. it's important. I remember I was reading something. It was horrendous, and it was obviously from from many, many, many years ago. But how they had this very conscious realization that a sedated animal still felt pain. <gasps> Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and for a long that, time, they and, were and just sedated. And you know sedated. what? If I think those days, the only sedation mm. we had was ACP. Mm. ACP has zero analgesic effect. Sure. The, the newer um, uh, sedatives that we use, detomidine and metatomidine, has quite, yeah, a, okay. has quite a, an analgesic effect, but not enough to do surgery. Not no, at all. I mean, they, will, they will still feel it, yes. So anyway, so then what they do is they use molar spreaders, where we actually go in in between the teeth and you put this, it's like a clamp thing that you go in and you basically make a little bit of a gap because they're That's tightly packed. Look at yeah. this. I it's mean, very tightly packed. So you loosen that a little bit and we always I mean, you must be talking millimeters. It's yeah, 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 it is. And then what we, we wait a little bit because then you actually get a bit of hemorrhage in there. So it gives you a little bit of movement. Okay. And then you apply one of those big... Uh, um, dental extraction forceps and they've got a whole range almost for every different type of tooth really? there's That's a incredible. different shape um, extraction forcep okay. and then we basically attach it to the tooth and you wrap it with a piece of um, um, uh, inner tubing of a bicycle or something so that because it's hard to hold mm, on to mm. and then you have to be very patient and you slowly, slowly, slowly wow. start moving it, moving it, moving it, moving it. And um, so it's a much more laborious process in a way. But you know what? Taking out a tooth can be anything from half an hour to um, we've had these where they, you can actually see how they curl back in here sure. to six hours, one tooth. Good grief. Yes. And then your danger is, is where you have, where you fracture a piece. You actually have to go in, and that's where the oroscope is so mm-hmm. handy, where you can then look in, and you've got to get all those pieces out. But now they also have a very other clever way of taking out these teeth, is through a, a transbuckle approach. So okay. they make a t- often these diseased teeth are also wedged in, so there's no way you're going to get this tooth okay. out. out. And then what they do is they through the cheek. Um, they make a tiny little incision and then they drill a screw into that tooth mm. and then they basically, you just, like, from outside with a special instrument, you knock out the tooth oh, but with a screw in the, oh, yeah. in the tooth through, through the um, cheek. So no more sinus mm. and Opening an issues. Up. Yeah, exactly. is, the, is there one way that's more effective? No, it no. depends on the pathology and which mm. tooth. And you often only know, and, I suppose, and, and once And I think that's where the expertise come in with specialists who do this a lot. lot. Okay. They all learn by trial and error. 
I mean, I think a lot of medicine, unfortunately, and the more you do, the better you get at it. You know, and 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 it also depends on the the equipment that you have. You really have to have, and it's very expensive. I'm sure if you, you know, and I think this is part of the the thing for owners. I think I remember you lecturing about this and saying, not not all healthcare professionals, dentists, vets, not everyone is created equal, and often for Mm. owners who are looking for it's an expensive sport. I'm the first person to say that. It's crazy what we spend on these animals. It's it's it puts so much strain on people. But you you often do get what you pay for. Absolutely. And I think you know it's, it's a it's Absolutely. a thing. You know, so rather mm. you know pay more, have somebody have with, the sedation done exactly and okay. proper equipment mm. and 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 do it properly mm. you know it's like i always say with anything mm. it's like your first chance is your best chance mm, yeah you know, absolutely fiddle and fiddle with things how how do is there any qualification process for dentists and how do people know if they're hiring a qualified dentist obviously a vet i'm not saying that all vets are good dentists no that I, is I also true because some vets are just not interested mm. and because it's a specialized field and to acquire all this equipment and if you're not really going to do much, then, yeah, so not all vets are good dentists. There are, are um, dental technicians, as we like mm. to call them, not tooth fairies, dental <laughs> technicians, um, who are well qualified. But they, again, that's our problem. We, we were trying very hard. And Dr. Nicole de Toy, she's unfortunately gone back to the UK, and Dr. Gerard Steenkamp, who's at, yeah, they were trying very hard to get the dental technicians incorporated into vet council, you know, as the veterinary veterinary technicians, so that there's some sort of standard. Absolutely, it's important. And I also think a little bit of control. Yes. Because, um, as I said before, you know, some people go overboard and over-rasp the horse's mouth, and the owners don't know because you don't have a gag and you can't Mm. see what's going on inside your horse's Mm. mouth. Um, or even stick your hands in. Please, people mustn't stick their hands in. <laughs> That's those, a valuable thing um, to add. <laughs> those teeth are so sharp. I mean, sometimes it actually tears my gloves when sure. I feel. And if that horse closes its mouth, you will lose your fingers. I've read an interesting thing about the the um, the PSI bite pressure of a horse bite. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty, no, no, no. Horses have been known to oh. literally crash people's oh. arms, pull people's scalps off their heads, and now yeah. a horse can don't stick really, your hand in a, a horse's a, mouth. A, a horse can pick a person up. In oh. fact, um, people will know Dr. Mike Ross. He oh. told me a story where a mare picked him up yes, from his stomach and, and chucked him over yeah. a stable door. Because he was trying Dr. to touch Mike, a foal. Ross is not a small man. <laughs> no, if you know Mike, Mike is, is <laughs> exactly, formidable. Yeah. Exactly. That is how strong yeah. a horse is. So please don't stick your yeah. get hands get the into get the dentist. It. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So so what would the co- the process be for people who did want to qualify to do teeth? Like what are the what are called? Do they have to go overseas? At the moment that is, and sorry, I'm not. Uh, mm. You know, that's a little bit out of my okay. depth. There are um, there are courses in the states. Um, that I know of, but yeah, and you see, I like the system that they have in the UK. The um, dental technicians are not allowed to work on their own. They have to, so, but the, the British um, um, veterinary board, you know, they control it quite well, and they have to register. So then they that's work. Really clever. Then they work with. A that's that's yeah, a great exactly. idea. Yeah. So that's actually quite 
quite a but also a it's a nice a escalation and i wish mm. we had something but it's mm. the same with our farriers mm. you know anybody who can buy a hoof rasp can call themselves a farrier mm. yeah, yeah but it is nice i suppose maybe to have that relationship as mm. always between the vet the farrier the dentist mm. you and know, they are really good dental technicians mm. you see it's the same thing that's all they do that is what mm. they do they're equipped um but the one thing I just want to reiterate is um, any tooth extraction, whether it's wolf tooth or molar, is considered a veterinary procedure by law. Okay. So they are not allowed, and I know they do, they're not allowed to, um, to do remove that. teeth. No. Okay. Because of the possible complications. Absolutely. So in South Africa, it is a veterinary procedure. I think it's also good for owners yeah, to know that because I think so as well. And if there are complications, you, that's the and problem. And that's where um, and then insurance, the insurance won't pay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yes. No, so it's important it is, for people to know that, that and just worth, to say it is worth discussing it yeah. with your dental technician, and then you get the vet out or refer. That's great. I didn't know that. Whatever. That's really yeah. that's a yeah. really important yeah, thing to know. It's a veterinary procedure because you use local anesthetic, well, which should, is yeah. a scheduled drug, and the sedation. Um, which are also scheduled drugs. You cannot take out a no. tooth without anything. That's like going back to the Middle Ages. That, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. just the whole thing. I'm very, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I hate, like, it's that feeling of tinfoil on my teeth. It's horrendous. Poor horses. Hildegard, is there anything else that you want to add? And what other, like, what should people be asking their dentists if the dentist is coming to check their horse or if they're trying to hire a dentist? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's always good to be, if you can be present, there. because... I we had a lot are, over in South people Africa, right? Are, to... People are fascinated mm. when, and mm. I like to show them, mm. um, you know, and you also get, you know, you can take photos and mm. things, but it's not the same. It's actually nice to see and, and discuss it, and while you're rasping, you can, you know, tell the client, look, this is what it, and oh, you see, the other thing is we often also do see are the ulcers, um, mm with the sharp points. You know, the farriers say exactly the same thing. They say, like, it's it's such a pleasure to have an owner's... It's, again, in South Africa, where we're so fortunate to have the grooms that we do. Exactly. It's so easy for us to dispense a lot of the horse care that yeah. is a foundation to the relationship and the horsemanship exactly. of riding. Exactly. And we don't always have the time to then phone the owner and discuss things. So you mm. just give them the dental sheet and that's it. But it's much nicer. It's much more personal mm. if you can actually um, be part discuss of it. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Is there anything else you want to discuss? No, I don't know. I think that was a really <laughs> solid foundation. That was really wonderful, Hildegard. Okay. Thank you so much Thanks. for joining us. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Good, <laughs> I know. You're that. always in your elements. It's, <laughs> like it's wonderful to have people sharing information, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah. And thank you to your poor horse who had to had to come and join us. Yeah. Um, oh, one last question I actually had about, you said um, when you extract a tooth, there's a hole there. Do oh, they yes, fill that course. with anything? No, Sorry. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. Okay. You have to plug it. Okay. Um, and there are different types of plugs. We actually use dental, human dental impression oh, yeah, okay. material yeah. that we plug. Um, or if it's a funny shape or, you know, you worry about it, we also use Plaster Paris. Wow. Which works very, very well. Jeez, yeah. that's a real old-fashioned yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of Do not. Deep. I've had to take out plugs where vets have used bone cement, and that's like taking out a tooth again because bone cement, it's really, really hard. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, and then we often, so you'll change the plug after a few days because obviously you have quite a bit of hemorrhage and then week after a week and then maybe after two weeks and usually after the third, fourth 
plug change, the sockets, once the socket is closed, about a third with granulation tissue will remove the plug. It's, they really are amazing animals, besides yeah, the fact that they cost this, us a lot of a, money. A big procedure, and normally the horses can be ridden within sort of two weeks. Jeez, that's amazing. Mm. Very stoked. If you don't have a sinus infection or secondary complications. So it's yeah. the aftercare is incredibly important mm. with those kinds of things. Mm. Okay, good to know. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. If you want to join us next week, Wednesday, at 7 p.m., we're going to be speaking about a really important topic throughout sport in the world, and that is safeguarding. South African Equestrian Federation is launching their safeguarding program. We're going to be speaking to the national chair of that, who is Tanya van Mielis, next week. I advise that everyone joins in. It's also spe specifically pertinent to parents and people who are competing in the Sinisa environment. I think it's really going to be worth everyone's while to join. Thank you for being here tonight and we'll see you next week.